0: This podcast may contain mature content, strong language and spoilers. Hello and welcome to episode 47 of the DHD Movie Podcast. I'm Darren Gaskell.
1: And I'm Hayley Alice Roberts. And we have more festive treats for you in this episode as we take a look at the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, Jingle All The Way, from 1996.
0: So, this week's Christmas movie is 1996's Jingle All the Way, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and directed by Brian Levant. Do we have a synopsis for this movie, and is it by the king of the synopsis?
1: It is indeed. Nick Reganus has got us covered again in this episode. So, the synopsis for Jingle All the Way, in the words of Nick... This Christmas, only a miracle can get the workaholic and neglectful father, Howard Langston, out of a tight spot. One unfulfilled promise combined with an inadvertent mistake will have the desperate dad combing snowy Minnesota for an elusive toy and every boy's holy grail, Turbo Man, the ultimate action figure. At the end of his tether, Howard sets out on a frenzied odyssey to track down the precious gift amid hordes of equally inattentive parents and his relentless soon-to-be arch-nemesis Myron the manic postman. Now, under those dire circumstances, can Howard save Christmas and be once more the family's hero?
0: (laughs) Yeah, pretty good synopsis, as always from Nick, always delivering on the synopsis and not giving away too much either, as he normally does. So you can always rely on Nick for a good synopsis. I think the synopsis ended up being a lot better than the film, unfortunately. It's got it's good points and um, which i'm think we're going to get into but there was this slight feeling overall that i was a bit disappointed because i remember liking this movie a lot more from previously but i'm sure we're going to bring all of this out in the discussion
1: yeah so jingle all the way is a classic 90s festive comedy a classic 90s family film as well I remember seeing this in the cinema when it came out, and I had a lot of affection for it at the time. I was the same age as the little boy in the film, and obviously it capitalised on this idea of consumerism and Christmas toys. So the movie was actually based off the real-life scenarios of toy crazes, which included the Cabbage Patch dolls of the 80s. God knows why anybody would have gone crazy. Cabbage Patch dolls, they are creepy. Of course, the Power Rangers, which were hugely popular back in the 90s. At the same time as this movie came out, Tickle Me Elmo was the most sought after toy. And the one that's very personal to me, which was Buzz Lightyear from Toy Story. Now, I could never understand why I never got a Buzz Lightyear. And I was a bit resentful of my parents for not getting me Buzz but years later they explained to me they just could not get a hold of Buzz Lightyear which is crazy because now you can just like go on shop disney and, and he's there but you know back in the in the mid 90s um that's how things were The movie was directed, as you said, by Brian Levant, and he was best known for directing the Flintstones movie, Beethoven, that movie about that dog, and (laughs) Problem Child 2. And it was written by Randy Cornfield, and he also wrote the story for Eight-Legged Freaks. Chris Columbus rewrote the script, and he added in the elements of Christmas commercialism. Obviously, if you don't know, Chris Columbus was basically kind of the king of 90s family movies. He directed the first two Home Alone movies and Mrs Doubtfire. And he went on to direct Harry Potter as well, just to throw that in there. Arnold Schwarzenegger was really keen to take on the lead role in this film because he just wanted to portray an ordinary guy. And I think we'll use that term quite loosely because it's as ordinary as Arnie's going to be considering he's this famous action hero. Originally, they'd wanted Joe Pesci to play Myron, but the decision was to cast Sinbad over him due to be in, being similar in height and build to Arnie. So I guess they, they just wanted someone like him to meet his match, I suppose. But I think it would have been quite interesting if they had cast Joe Pesci. I think there would have been a lot of comedy value between the two there. Sinbad improvised most of his lines in the movie, so and so did Arnie. So the, there's a lot of that going on there, which is quite fun the filming took place in Minnesota in April 1996, so not even during Christmas time. And at the time, it was the largest production to ever take place in the state. And the famous parade scene was actually filmed at Universal Studios Hollywood. And when you look back, you can definitely tell that's kind of like in a theme park.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a good scene, the parade, but you can see that they've switched from a real location to one that's been set up specifically for the movie. Interesting about Joe Pesci... I think it would have worked in a different way because the height differential between Joe Pesci and Arnie would have provided a bit of comedy. But I think it's right. You need somebody that's physically a match for Arnie. And Sinbad's pretty good in this. I think one of the problems with this movie is that there's not enough Sinbad-Arnie scenes. They get them together from time to time when they're fighting over the various incarnations of the Turbo Man that they're trying to get but they keep them apart for quite long stretches of the movie and they keep bumping back into each other. So you don't get that relentless sort of pursuit between both of them as they have to deal with various other subplots. There's a subplot that really bogs the movie down in in my view. It's the subplot with the creepy neighbour, Ted, played by Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman, great actor, great comedian, completely wasted here in a role that's just not deserving of his talent. He just plays this too-good-to-be-true creepy guy that's got the hots for Arnie's wife, played by Rita Wilson. Again, Rita Wilson, love Rita Wilson. She's given nothing to do in this movie. It's such a waste. There's so much talent in this movie that they do nothing with. But I can see why Arnie wanted to do it. He wants to do a bit more comedy. He wants to be a normal, as you say, an in inverted commas guy. And he does okay here, but I think the trap this movie falls into is that the comedy is very much of the mugging towards the camera type and almost waiting for the audience to laugh, which is fine. But I guess things have moved on a little bit from that, and it does feel a bit clunky these days. And it's nice to see Arnie having a bit of fun, but everything is just so on the nose and so obvious. And I think... Kids will like it because they're not going to pick holes in how things are done and they'll laugh at Arnie doing slapstick and hitting Santas with a big candy cane and things like that. So it's fun, I guess, if you're a kid and you can overlook the stuff in the plot and you can overlook the clunky script and you can overlook the fact that for large chunks of the movie, nothing really happens. But, you know, it's it's fine. I, I was just a little bit disappointed. I remember quite like in this movie and i'm not saying that i hated it this time out i thought it was pretty decent but my god it's not aged very well but the bits that the bits that work really do work and it's when it goes full-on ridiculous that it works the best the bit with the warehouse with the santas and the elves who are kind of running this nefarious sort of black market christmas present deal with jim belushi as the head Santa. That's great. If the rest of the movie had been like that and had gone for that sort of madness, this would have been absolutely brilliant. But it's always pulling itself back. It's almost ashamed to go completely full on with the comedy. And it shouldn't. It's meant to be ridiculous. Just go for the ridiculousness instead of trying to pull some sort of reality back in and have Arnie having problems at home. And there's like a subplot with his wife thinks he's not paying attention to them anymore and his kid is like looking for a hero figure. Yeah, that's all fine. And you've got to pull that stuff in at some point, but it makes the movie less fun than it could be.
1: Yeah, I think with this movie, it does ride a lot on the nostalgia. So I think of Jingle all the way. I remember really enjoying that when I was a kid and I remember seeing it in the cinema and it's a really fun movie. It's really funny and all this. And I agree with you, it has not aged well. And I think that is the general consensus with how people respond to it now. It wasn't hugely well-received by critics anyway, but I think, as I say, it encompasses that air of nostalgia around it for, like, especially kids of the 90s, and it does have some iconic lines. It does? <laughs> the best one being, put the cookie down now. No, I can't, I can't even say that. I can't even say it in the, like, way Arnie would, but yeah. Yeah. It, that is just such a funny line that is one of the funniest moments it's a, a really chaotic film it, it has lashings of slapstick throughout it and ridiculous scenarios detailing like the lengths parents will go thanks to the lure of the um commercialism and i think that's what's interesting about it from an adult point of view like how you know the advertising world preys on families especially around christmas time and how people can get like so stressed like if this was like not a kid's movie this could actually take a very dark route if it wanted to because people could run themselves up in like loads of depths and things like that just to get you know the perfect christmas toy and when you think about it in hindsight it's all very throwaway because yeah you might have enjoyed that toy as a kid but do you think the boy has a turbo man now like sort of pride of place on the mantelpiece (laughs) i doubt it very much (laughs) probably
0: doesn't i mean it satirizes commercialism in a very gentle way but there is some comment about the length that people will go to just get this year's thing. And it does play on it, but not too much. Not so; It's not heavy. And you're right. I mean, if they'd had taken a more satirical and adult view, this could have been extremely dark. As it is, it's an Arnie movie from the phase where Arnie movies were a bit less serious and a bit more knockabout, and he wasn't killing people left, right and centre. So it was a bit more family friendly. There are some weird things in it where... There's, there's a subplot involving a bomb at one point, which I'm not sure is quite as tasteful as it could have been. I mean, okay, the eventual detonation of the bomb doesn't cause a huge amount of damage, so it's like a comedy bomb. But the fact that they're making a letter bomb the subject of a joke at one point, back then, maybe they thought, oh yeah, letter bomb's quite funny, but I mean, now... With with everything that's going on in the world, you kind of look at that and think, I'm not sure about this joke. Even when it pays off in such a silly way, you still think, I'm still not sure about this joke.
1: I agree. I'd forgotten about that moment, and I was actually pretty stunned. I was like, Did they really go there? And of course, um, you've got that shot where Arnie reacts to it, and you just hear the explosion, and you like see the kind of like <laughs> glass flying out the w- windows and that sort of thing. And then you see that basically no one's actually been harmed by it. But I was literally shocked. And I was thinking, have they written this Myron guy as complete psychopath? And that kind of leads on to later in the movie with the parade scene as well. Like, it's insane. This movie does take it to very insane places. It it doesn't really strike the balance well between the mundane and the insane. It's it's, it's a bit all over the place. So we might have a potential rant on our hands, but I thought I was going to mention this. Yeah. Because we like to discuss other casting options in films. We already have with the character of Myron. But the only actor that was considered for the role of Howard Langston, the Arnie part, in this movie, was Tim Allen. Now, I know <laughs> that Darren has issues here. This is why we're not allowed to do the Santa Claus on this podcast. <laughs>
0: um, you know, I can't even give Tim Allen a pass for Buzz, Buzz Lightyear. This not a fan of Tim Allen and weirdly enough even if I had been a fan of Tim Allen in this role I can kind of see why he might have worked but you need somebody that's a bit more larger than life I think Arnie is a good choice for this you don't want somebody who's playing a normal guy in this you want somebody who's kind of pretending to be normal on the surface but there's something slightly superhuman about him so the end works better when he has to, spoiler, he has to actually become a real-life version of Turbo Man through a series of plot twists that are too ridiculous to go into here. It's just the fact that he blunders into somewhere. And he and he could have just said at any point, I'm not the guy that's supposed to be doing this. But no, they stick him in a costume and send him out into the parade. It's, it's a weird casting choice. I, I guess Tim Allen, he was a recognisable figure at the time, and he would have appealed to a family audience. But, you know, I mean, I I, QED with the Santa Claus. I mean, if you like the Santa Claus, big up to you. I think it's one of the biggest pieces of shit ever made in terms of Christmas movies. He annoys the crap out of me in the movie anyway. I don't get anything about the Santa Claus. But I know there's a lot of people out there that love the Santa Claus. I'm not saying that it's wrong to enjoy that movie. It's Tim Allen that does it for me if they put tim allen in like you know say they were going to remake alien or something and they'd got a really great cast and they said oh by the way we're going to recast ripley it's going to be a guy and it's going to be tim allen i'd be like oh fuck this movie i'm completely uninterested in it now so going away from alien remakes and tim allen movies coming back to jingle all the way arnie oh, is a he's a good choice for this yeah You can argue that his grip of comedy isn't the best and he's more to do with, like, broad slapstick. But, you know, it works. You're not looking for nuance with Arnie's comedy. And to be perfectly honest, Arnie was still kind of honing his craft even in the 90s. Arnie's got a lot better as an actor over the years. I mean, recently, I mean, if you've seen some things like Maggie and Aftermath, Arnie's really good in those movies. They're, They're both downers of movies. But he actually does know what he's doing. And he's that kind of recognizable presence. There's a comfort factor with Arnie in a movie. So, you know, he's allowed to get away with terrible lines and slightly clunky delivery of dialogue because it's Arnie, you know, and you know he's a good guy. So you can let him off with quite a lot of this stuff. I think the main problem with this movie is, as you say, it doesn't know how to balance the mundane and the insane. I mean, just do one or the other. In fact, don't do the mundane. Just have it insane from start to finish. Because when it works, it's just stuff that's so crazy. You think, well, I'm just going with this. But it always has to pull it back to sort of deliver something about the, you know, the real meaning of Christmas. Yeah, I understand that you've got to have some sort of moral standpoint, but it drags all the slapstick down as well. It's just when it's doing stuff that's completely bonkers that it actually works. I mean, the running gag with the cop, apart from the letter bomb, you know, which is questionable. But there's a running gag where Annie keeps bumping into the same cop and, through no fault of his own, keeps injuring this cop in various other ways. I mean, that's quite a decent running gag. We need more of that sort of stuff and less of less the sort of dwelling on the fact that, you know, oh, maybe he's not such a good father or maybe he hasn't found the true meaning of Christmas or maybe his son needs to be taught a certain thing. And the son, by the way, is played by Jake Lloyd, who went on to be young Anakin Skywalker in The Phantom Menace three years later. Just a bit of casting choices there. I mean, Jake Lloyd's fine in this movie. He does good as as Arnie's kid. He does whatever the script asks of him. I mean, the, the script doesn't ask a huge amount of him other than sort of like be grumpy and or awestruck. It's like a lot of this movie. I mean, there's not there's not a lot of deep character study. But it all works in a kind of okay way. I was just a little bit thrown by the fact that I remember enjoying this quite a lot more than I did on this watch which is a bit weird and it could be to do with the fact that it's been a while and it hasn't aged particularly great but having said all of that it's fine I mean I'm not saying Jingle All is a terrible movie because it certainly isn't but I just wanted to get a little bit more out of it and I was a little bit surprised that it didn't really hit the mark for me this time
1: Yeah, definitely. I know what you mean. There's something a bit flat about it, but let's get on to the ridiculousness of it now. (laughs) Definite Grease Two vibes going on (laughs) with the Turbo Man at the parade.
0: (laughs) It's a cool rider thing. It's like, oh, who's the who's the biker guy? It's like it's Maxwell Caulfield. Have you not spotted that it's Maxwell Caulfield? Same with the jingle all the way at the end. I mean, Turbo Man. He's got Arnie's build he's got Arnie's voice, how many other people in that town are going to have that combination? It's Arnie. And yet everybody thinks, oh, who is this guy? And then when he's finally on mass, it's like, oh my God, it's Arnie. It's like, of course it's Arnie. I mean, I know that we've seen him put the costume on stuff, but even if you hadn't, it'd be like, who else in that place has got the combination of physique and voice and mannerisms like there'd be nobody else in that town like Aldi But yeah, everybody's like, oh my god, it's him. It's like, no, of course it's him.
1: And even his own wife and child don't <laughs> recognise him. That that is the icing on the cake. It's like whether it's trying to do like a Superman complex or something, I don't know. But yeah. it was it was honestly ridiculous. And I think maybe as a kid you can suspend your disbelief at it, but as an adult, you're like, No, that is absolutely <laughs> stupid that they didn't even realise. Like you know, they could have even just had a little sort of indication between Arnie and Jake Lloyd, like just be like sort of a wink, so he knew that it was his dad. But seriously, but it does um kind of inadvertently connect the whole "I am your father" scene
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: to um, you know Jake Lloyd's future yeah. role in the Star Wars franchise. So yeah. it does have that going for it there.
0: Yeah, it would have been great if they just said something like, if Arnie had leaned over and said. I am your father. And Jake Lloyd just said, no, that's not possible. But, you know, they didn't pull it that far. There's a lot of montages in this movie. There's a lot of music. There's a lot of Christmas songs in it. So it's pointed at a festive audience and it's trying its damnedest to be as Christmassy as it possibly can. And it it kind of works. It's just, I'm just frustrated. that It could have been so much better than it ended up being. It's fine. I enjoyed it while I was watching it. But you're right, there's something missing. It doesn't quite reach the heights that it's going for. And I know that it's not reaching for anything particularly groundbreaking. But even so, as a piece of throwaway entertainment, it kind of gets most of the way there, but not quite.
1: Definitely. And I think it's about time we talk about the post-credit scene, which I don't know if I'd ever seen before until you mentioned it so it's good I stuck around for those credits so apparently this scene was just created to um set up a potential sequel and it's basically Arnie's putting the star on the tree because there's this whole like joke midway through the film where he captures the creepy neighbor trying to put the star up on, on the tree and the wife is like what are you doing that's um that's what Arnie does every year So obviously, you know, all is well, the equilibrium has been restored, and suddenly the wife is like, oh, well, seeing as you did all that for our son, what what did you get me for Christmas? And then obviously he's got this panicked look on his face and it ends. Yeah, I don't think we would really have benefited from another jingle all the way movie but in 2014 there is a sequel there was a sequel released um i've never seen it it was produced by um wwe and 20th century fox and it stars larry the cable guy the movie doesn't feature any characters connected to the original um but it is basically the same premise i mean it's been a long time between movies so whether that sequel's warranted i i have no idea
0: I don't think it is personally. I mean, speaking of WWE, uh, Paul White is in this, aka Big Show from WWE, who turns up in the bizarre Santa-Arnie fight sequence. So there's a bit of a connection with WWE. Speaking of fighting as well, I mean, we go on about cats and dogs dying in movies and has not been particularly cool with that. Now, no animals die in this movie, but Arnie does punch a reindeer at one point which is not cool. There's a subplot with a rather rambunctious reindeer who is running round causing various bits of havoc in the neighbourhood. But at one point, Arnie decides that the best way to deal with it is to just give it a right hook. No, that's not cool, Arnie. You don't go around punching reindeers. And even if the next sequence is Arnie and the reindeer sharing a drink and having a laugh about it, no, you've just punched a reindeer, Arnie. That is not cool.
1: No, that was probably the most mean-spirited moment in the entire movie, and it does like feature a lot of mean-spirited moments, to be fair, like the bomb that we just discussed. Yeah, that, that scene is built up from the fact that Arnie just gets so desperate and he decides to go and steal the neighbour's kid's Turbo Man because he knows it's there, safely nestled under the tree, as the neighbour smugly tells him. But again, I think he realizes the error of his ways, and then of course he's caught by the reindeer, and then again more well, chaos ensues, but it takes it too far in that in that scene for definite. So we're gonna just discuss the marketing of this film very briefly, which I found quite interesting. Some of the um media covers like the posters, DVDs, videos, had Arnie dressed in a Santa's suit, and he's never featured in a Santa suit throughout the entire movie. So, again, I guess they want to kind of showcase, oh, this is a festive movie and it'll get you in the mood for Christmas. But it's very odd. It doesn't really fit in with the movie and the character because it's not like the film that you don't like, The Santa Claus, <laughs> where the father character does don the Santa Claus suit. This is, yeah, it was a bit of an odd marketing tool. I kind of get why they did it, but, again, it's just it's just a bit on the nose I guess. It's
0: a little bit disingenuous to sort of posit that Arnie ends up being Santa when he clearly doesn't. It's a bit of an odd marketing ploy. I guess it was just a in with the festive atmosphere of the movie but didn't really need it. I mean you can put across what the movie's trying to say without having Arnie dressed up as Santa Claus because it isn't really about Santa Claus. The Santa Claus is about Santa Claus.
1: Yeah and also Turbo Man merch was actually available to purchase as a tie-in with the film and i think that's where the critics kind of went for it they thought the film was simply created just to sell these toys as well which is interesting because the whole Turbo Man thing is a parody of like the power rangers yeah so i don't think it was intended to um you know sell toys as such i think it was just a fun movie tie-in yeah and apparently you can get Turbo Man on eBay I wonder how much
0: that's going there for. you go I'm, i bet they're going for quite a lot of money now because i believe that they did make turbo man as a bit of merch but they didn't do a massive run of them it was just to kind of have something associated with the film and there were other movies around at the time that had much bigger merchandising spin-offs and i think it's a little bit mean of the critics to go after a movie just because they thought it was there to flog toys because this one clearly isn't because they don't really dwell on turbo man at all there's a bit at the start when you see the program but it's all to do with the struggle of trying to get one and they don't really tell you what turbo man can do in terms of the toy there's a few hints as to what he might be able to do and you hear the voice of it a couple of times but it's not like going back to the star wars movies i mean the original star wars movies that was like the king of merchandising. You could get everything from the Star Wars original trilogy. So to have a go at something like this for merchandising, I mean, we're talking about things being mean-spirited. I think it's a bit mean-spirited as the critics to choose that as the reason to have a go at this movie. I think probably they didn't want to have a go at it because they said, well, you know, it's an Arnie movie and it's a comedy and, and being critics, we're going to be sniffy about it anyway because it's a throwaway Arnie vehicle which none of us are supposed to like anyway so let's think of another reason to go after it oh yeah we'll we'll go for the merchandising because critics are like that they're assholes basically and, and i say i say that as like an amateur critic myself i'm not defending the uh, the critical faculty of anybody people will go after movies for the least little problem like you know like tim allen's in it for instance
1: <laughs> definitely so yeah, it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on Jingle all the way. Let us know if this movie evokes nostalgia for you or whether it kind of doesn't live up to the hype that it, it once lived up to. And is it one of your go-to Christmas movies? Because it is a bit of a cult classic, I would say. It's not up there with the likes of Home Alone or Santa Claus, but <laughs> it's definitely got, got its place, I think, in everyone's festive heart.
0: True. It's certainly going to get put on in my house before the Santa Claus, that is true.
1: (laughs) And on that note, thank you so much for listening. And remember, put that cookie down now.
0: I do wish we could chat longer. And that's it for episode 47 of the HD Movie Podcast. As always, thank you for listening.
1: And if you'd like to follow us on social media, we are on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at HD Movie Podcast.
0: It continues to be Christmas on the HD Movie Podcast, and we've got another festive movie coming your way in episode 48. It's a bang-up-to-date festive movie as well. It's the recently added to Netflix, A Castle for Christmas, with Brooke Shields and Carrie Always.
1: This movie has sort of been promoted quite heavily recently, and the front cover just looks hilarious. So, yeah, I think we're going to be in for some Hallmark-esque uh... Festive goodness there So we will see How that
0: one pans out Join us next week Is it going to be Another Christmas land I bloody hope not But until then Stay safe everybody We'll see you soon The HD Movie Podcast Is presented by Hayley Alice Roberts And Darren Gaskell Its music is written And performed by Mitch Bain You can find the podcast On Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts Spotify Amazon Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Listen Notes and Podbean.